What do you call a dad who has fallen through the ice? A popsicle. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Starting Sustainability. This is episode 157. I'm your host, Kaylin Chenoweth. Let's kick off this episode with my favorite segment, Catch Up with Kaylin. What's going on in my world? Well, believe it or not, I took a fitness class with my sister where we danced on a pole. And it was quite the workout, I will say that. We were sore for the next three days. It is very, very physical. The class itself was entertaining and a great workout, but also hysterical. (laughs) We did a private group, which I think gives it a more relaxed environment and versus a, like an official class of a bunch of people that you don't know. (laughs) Overall, it was a great experience and everybody had a blast. Also, I was chatting with my sister Dawn a couple weeks ago about how years ago, I think I was in junior high, she took some sign language classes and had taught me some signs. And we were talking about it and I was like, here's what I remember. You can make the W with your fingers, like you put your thumb and your pinky together and hold up the other three. So you make the letter W and you do it with both hands and you put it up by your face. So your hand, so you spell out W. O is with your mouth and then W. So you, so you have your two W's on both sides of your mouth and your mouth makes the O shape. And that is wow. <laughs> and you can do it with a C and an L. Make one hand a C, the other hand an L. Hold it up by your mouth. Make your mouth the letter O. And that is cool. <laughs> I was like, that's what I remember. I don't remember very much else, but I do remember that. Also, when our kids were very little, we attempted, failed miserably, but we attempted teaching them sign language. This is before they can talk, but they just scream because that's the only thing they know. That's the only way that they know to communicate. And there's different sign languages for milk, more, food, all done, potty, and you can work with your kids on that. We did not work very well. (laughs) We... We did it. We were a little bit late to the game with Corbin. Colt came around and it was just like, we did it a handful of times and he wasn't really catching on with Hazley. We're just like, whatever. Like we just, (laughs) so, but there are lots of other people who totally swear by it. So I do know about seven or eight signs for sign language. Anyways, that was a conversation that I had with Dawn and she found and sent this to me and I'm going to share it with you. She found an ASL class, which is American Sign Language, and it is free. Ta-da! That's my favorite F word, by the way, (laughs) in case there's trivia on that later on. You have time, but I would hurry. The registration closes February 23rd, 2024, so right now, and you go to this website. It's courses.com. OSD for Oklahoma School for the Deaf. So OSD dot K12, like K12, dot OK for Oklahoma dot US. Now that was an awful lot. So I'm going to repeat it one more time. Grab your pen and paper or type it into your phone. Courses dot OSD dot K12 
to dot okay dot us and you go there they are pre-recorded classes it's online it's free it's great i signed up so i haven't taken it yet because it hasn't launched yet but i've signed up and i would like to take it because i don't have enough things on my plate i'm just so excited to do all these things and there's never enough time but that's part of the appeal of it being online and it's pre-recorded which means i can go and watch it whenever it is free however they do ask you to consider making a donation to the OSD Foundation, Oklahoma School for the Deaf, and you go to www.osdfoundation.net to make the donation, which when you go to the first website that I sent you, courses.osd.k12.ok.us, <laughs> it will have all that information there as well. So if anybody else is interested in learning some basic sign language, that would be the place to go because it's free, it's online, and you can watch it whenever. On the last episode, I challenged everybody to conduct a trash audit because it's been quite some time. It's been years since I talked about it and challenged it to everybody. And I think it's time to do it again because life is very different now. It's been a few years. We, me personally, we are now up to three kids and have put in a lot of effort to reduce trash. However, when you add more people to the household, it is harder to reduce trash. So I was really curious to see how we're doing. After a whole week, went through it, and our biggest item in the trash was, drumroll, <laughs> the thin, non-recyclable plastic that wraps up so many food items like candy wrappers, chip bags, think the plastic film around a frozen pizza, it's all of that stuff. That is everywhere, and I'm pretty sure that's what it was a few years ago was that food items were by far our biggest problem. We were able to make adjustments. From what I remember a few years ago, we did the audit, made adjustments like buying naked produce where you're not putting it in all those little plastic bags, buying things in bulk as much as possible, making things from scratch as much as possible. But that was years ago and now life is much more busy. <laughs> so sometimes we buy frozen vegetables in a plastic bag because that's really quick to cook up. <laughs> and sometimes we buy frozen pizzas because Kaylin disappears overnight every single week and Channing is left to take care of all the kids by himself and he needs real fast frozen items that you can throw into the oven and not have to stand there and stir and flip and monitor while he's grilling, sauteing, steaming, whatever. You can just Put it on a sheet pan, throw it in the oven, set the timer, and when it goes off, come back and dinner is done. That's what he needs in his chaos. And that's okay. That's totally fine. I need that too sometimes. Years later, that thin plastic wrapper related to food items is still number one. Also, since I wasn't really sure how to measure exactly, but it's possibly tied for number one or maybe number two at this point is baby wipes. <laughs> because we do cloth diapers, but I don't do cloth wipes. You can do cloth wipes and I commend you if you do that. But for me, it is hard enough to spray out the poop on a big cloth diaper. And I really have no desire to spray out poop from cloth wipes or make cloth wipes or wash them and fold them. And that's too much work. That's where I, I draw the line at cloth diapers. The end, I will use regular wipes. Those all get disposed. And what can you do with baby wipes? You can't recycle them. You could burn them, but I did try that once. It does not go well. <laughs> it smells terrible and the pieces float up in the air. Therefore, it's 
pretty big fire hazard. <laughs> so we don't do that, which means they do go in the trash. The good news is we will be done pretty soon. Knock on wood. Potty training will begin in another six months or so, which to me is pretty soon, but <laughs> that's just because that's just because I really don't want Hazley to grow up. She is so stinking cute and adorable. She is. How did you guys do? Did you do the trash audit? What was your number one thing that hopefully you can fix or at least aim for fixing? If it's big items like mine that really don't have a solution, then what are other things that went into the trash that you could hopefully reroute to either recycling it, reusing it, or changing your shopping habits altogether so that way it doesn't go into the trash in the future? Continuing on with the waste topic, <laughs> the other day we were watching an episode of Tacoma FD on Netflix. This is not a plug. We just really enjoy it. It's a quirky light show where the episodes are about 20 to 30 minutes, I believe. Basically, we can get the kids down to bed. We can squeeze in one quick episode and then we go to bed ourselves. And that's a nice, light-hearted, funny show. Sometimes, don't get me wrong, we also enjoy dark heavy things that are stressful and suspenseful, but you don't sleep very well. <laughs> it takes a minute to wind down and fall to sleep. And since we get up stupid early every day, we really just need to be able to fall asleep quickly, which is why we enjoy some lighthearted shows as well. And the shorter, the better. We love the 20, 30 minute shows. If you've got recommendations, great, because we're almost done with Tacoma FD. Anyways, so back, back to the show, Tacoma FD, there was an episode on there where one character got a bidet sprayer, and we were watching it and laughing and going along, and Channing leans over and tells me, you know, when you first mentioned you wanted a bidet sprayer a few years ago, I thought the whole concept was nuts, and now I use it and I love it, to the point where when I have to poop somewhere else, I dread it. End quote. Sustainer Nation, that was music to my ears. It made my heart so warm and full. If you have a partner who is not on board with sustainability, like mine, <laughs> who fights you every step of the way, like mine, don't push for it because they're only going to dig their heels in. Although it takes years in the making, they will finally come on board and see the benefits of it. Now listen, Channing's not quite at my level, but it's a start, and I love him dearly because he loves the bidet sprayer. <laughs> Since we're sharing bathroom stories, let me share another parenting story. I promise it's not nearly as gross as the last one. This one's much more palatable. Colt, who is three, found Channing's shaving cream and put it all over his face. Of course, I caught him and said, what you doing? And he goes, mom, this doesn't taste very good. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it, it does not. <laughs> That's what it's like to have kids. Oh, I got to share a Hazley story. You know what her favorite snack is? Because she's one. It's dog food. In fact, all three kids have enjoyed dog kibble. Yes, I do feed them a full meal. And then get them down from the high chair. And then they just run over to the dog food and grab some and start eating it. And the moment you say, what's in your mouth? They just take off running. <laughs> and I do my best to retrieve it from their mouths. But remember, there's a lot of teeth in that mouth. 
So sometimes I just decide to keep my fingers and they get a little kibble of dog food. That's fine. Eventually they do grow out of it. We're just at that stage with Hazley right now. It's been really exciting the last few weeks because Corbin is piecing together the letters and actually reading. He's been bringing home books from school. He's in kindergarten. And so it's it's fun to watch him go through the letters of the words and blend them together and figure it out. I'm I'm very excited. I know I shared previously that he was kind of struggling, which he was. So I bought an additional book and we were kind of doing exercises with that. And so I'm very proud as his mom to see him reading. And it's fun that he now gets to read me bedtime stories versus me reading them to him. I still read him stories and everybody else too. But he is very proud of himself for being able to read. Albeit they're very, very simple short stories. That's fine. It's a great start. In our household... I cut everybody's hair. Not my own, but I will cut Channing's hair. That's how it started with a lot of YouTube videos and practice and got it figured out. I will cut Channing's hair. And then as we had boys, I cut their hair. Hazley's not actually had a haircut yet, but we're trying to get hers to grow out. All of the males in our household get their hair cut by me. This past weekend, I gave Corbin a really nice haircut. He's good. I gave Colt his usual haircut. Colt's the three-year-old where it's real short on the sides little bit longer up on top looked great <laughs> which is normally a challenge because he'll move his head all over the place and I thought wow this actually turned out really nice trick is you put them in a chair in front of the tv and they watch the tv <laughs> as you cut their hair and they for the most part will hold still anyways we get done and I say Colt go look in the mirror go check out your new haircut and so he runs in there and he is stern and serious and looks at me and says mom you didn't cut all of it I said, oh, I didn't know you wanted all of it cut. I did your normal haircut. Mom, I don't want any hair. Cut all of it off. I asked, you want to be bald? Yeah. Okay, if that's what you want. I had to sit there and think. No, we don't have any professional pictures coming up. Okay, yeah, if that's what you want. You know, now's a great time. Many kids get mohawks or mullets or whatever wild and crazy, he just wants it all buzzed off. Okay, so back into the living room we go, back into the chair, I put the little cape apron thing on him, and I buzz it all off. So he has a, I don't know if anybody else on here is really aware of how men's clippers works, but you can do no guard, which is called a zero or no guard, and then you put little attachments on and the attachments come with numbers. One, two, three, four. I think the largest one that we have is an eight. So usually men will say, I want number two on the sides, number six on top, and they'll give their order. We have a one half, which is smaller than one, but not quite no guard. <laughs> My point is we did one half all on his sides and he wanted one half all over his head, which is fine. So I did that. His hair is very, very short. And when you touch his head, it feels like sandpaper. All the hair is gone. I say, go to the bathroom, check it out. He runs in there. I said, what do you think? And he goes, yeah. And I said, do you love your new haircut? Yeah. He's so excited about it. And then Channing comes in from outside and he looks at Colt and he goes, what happened to you? And Colt's like, dad, do you like my haircut? So I real quick jumped on. I said, that is what he wanted. I gave him what he wanted. Remember, I can't change it so we all love it right and Channing got the memo and said oh yeah I love your new haircut buddy it looks awesome so Colt's all super excited 
And then about two hours later, we had some friends come by just for a short little visit. They were dropping something off of which they responded, whoa, Colt, you're like a whole new kid. I didn't even recognize you. And then they kept touching his head and kept telling him how his head felt weird. And he looked so different and they didn't recognize him. They just kept going on and on about it. And I was like, guys, stop it. But they did not pick up on my hints. And so by the end of the evening, we're getting ready for bed. And Colt asked me, he goes, Mom, can you put my hair back on my head? And I said, why? Your hair looks so great. You love it. You look good in it. And he goes, no, I need my hair back on my head, of which then I kind of had to explain, it's, it's going to grow back. <laughs> then it just went south real fast. So he picked out a shirt with a hood attached, like a t-shirt with a hood attached to wear to his daycare the next day. And he didn't want to take his hood off because... Because it got ruined, which really sucks. I do commend our daycare provider. I gave her the heads up on what was happening. And she did a great job. She and her husband, who was there that morning when I dropped him off, did a great job of explaining how so many superheroes don't have hair. And how military guys don't have hair. And cops. And like all these tough guys. That's what a tough guy haircut looks like. And so by the end of the day, he was back to being on board with his new hairdo. But it was just... oh. Okay, how do I navigate this as a parent? Oy. So we we got it. It took definitely took a village to kind of turn it around, but but we got it. What else is going on? Oh, so last episode I mentioned that I joined the session of the church because I wanted to make a difference. And now that I have officially joined, I realize they fibbed. They, they didn't quite tell me the whole truth. I was told it's one meeting a month, and I thought, cool, I can handle that. No, no, no. Apparently, I have to lead committees with an S. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> Ooh, I so should have said no. But it's too late now at this point. I already gave them my word, and I can't go back on my word in the house of God. I think that's that's a bad thing. <laughs> Whew, so I've, I have to figure out committees for multiple things and lead them. And so there's a lot of background behind the scenes work going on. And then we go to the once a month meeting and present all the things that we're doing. Oh, okay. Now I got it. I just have to remind myself that I really wanted to make a difference in our church and you have to get involved if you want to do that. So I'm going to do it. That was my failure of saying no. I want to share that I did succeed at saying no this past week. I asked myself if I wanted to participate in Lent this year. That means I'd have to give something up and endure challenges. And then I reminded myself, the motto of the year is to make life simpler. And as backwards as this is, I decided not to participate in Lent because I have too many other things that I have to keep track of and worry about. And I don't need to keep track of this or have an extra stress in my life. If I need a piece of chocolate to calm my butt down, I'm getting a piece of chocolate. I have done Lent multiple years in the past. I know that if I really put my mind to it, I have the willpower and I will be just fine. I am not Catholic. I just like practicing Lent for practicing willpower. And it's supposed to be that in the time of need or want of the item or thing that you have given up, you pray to God. And I feel like I'm already doing a whole lot of prayers in my life. I've got, I've got a lot of prayers going on already. I, this is just one thing that I was like, I really do not need to add this to my plate right now. Maybe next year, but, but not this year. All right, now for the chickens. <laughs> 
You know, I started this podcast a few years ago and I never ever thought that I would be a chicken farmer. When does it go from just like having pet chickens to being a farmer? I don't really know, but 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 uh, I, I do want to give an update on the chickens <laughs> because I know you're all chomping at the bit to know about our chickens. So Benedict was the one that had frostbite on his foot and he did end up passing away on his own within two weeks ago, which really sucked because we really liked him. He was very gentle and that's the one that we wanted to keep of the four roosters. We're like, this is the one we want to keep. He's so gentle. He's so docile. He's great with the kids. He's great with us. He's great with the other hens. That's the one we want. And he hardly ever crowed. Barely. Perfect. That's the guy that we want. All the rest can go. But he passed away on his own, probably from the frostbite on his foot turning into an infection. And we needed to do a mercy killing, but time-wise, we just couldn't fit it in during the week. We're just going to wait till the weekend and, and he passed before we got there. That's okay. We were able to, they call it cull, C-U-L-L, cull, Zorro. He was the all-black bird. He was very aggressive. He got the kids. He would attack the hens when they would try to eat the food. That's not what a rooster is supposed to do. A rooster is supposed to protect the flock and help them. <laughs> Up next was Gaio, the original rooster who was also very aggressive. Aggressive with us and aggressive with the hens as well. Because he was so aggressive, we had him separated and he's kind of been in his own little isolation. We have a, we have a great big coop where all of the chickens are. And then we have a tiny little coop off to the side. And that's where we were forcing Guile to go. Everybody else was penned in and Guile was out of the pen, forcing him to be in that little coop in isolation. But that also meant he was free ranging every day and it was very, very hard to catch him. <laughs> so basically I just gave up because <laughs> we had about a 30 minute window where we could do this and, and I couldn't catch him. So he got to live a little bit longer. I did end up catching Haystack and brought him out to the kill zone, set him down. He just took off running back, and we honestly just didn't have the heart. We're like, we really don't want to kill you anyways, but we just have so many freaking roosters. We have to figure out something, and nobody wants a free rooster. What do we do? In the end, they both, both Gaio and Haystack got to live a, a whole extra week, and then this past weekend... We did try again, and we were able to get Gaio, so he has been called, he's taken care of. We are now just down to Haystack, and as long as he behaves, he, he made the poo-poo list because he crows, and he crows, and he crows, and he crows, and he never shuts up, and it's an all-day, all-night thing, but since we scared the crap out of him, he has not crowed very much. I think he saw everybody else disappearing, and he's shaped up, so... We'll, we'll leave him be a little bit longer, and as long as he remains nice, and he tolerates us, and he tolerates the kids, and he's good to the hens, and he doesn't crow all the freaking time, he gets to stay. The only downside is that he is related to four hens, which, I mean, he's their brother. That makes it really weird when it comes to mating. We're not really sure what to do there. <laughs> so we're just, we're just ignoring the problem for the time being. I'm aware that not everybody has chicken problems or even cares about chicken problems. Trust me, there are plenty of problems going on in the world. And I would like to tell you about a new problem that I found out about recently. It's trapped water. Have you ever heard about trapped water? 
when you throw your water bottle away and there's a little bit of water left in it, gone forever. It's in the landfill and the water is trapped inside the bottle. This is a bottle with a lid on it. So it can't evaporate into the air and it can't drain out into the ground and return to the water life cycle. It's just trapped in a plastic water bottle forever. When I first heard this, I thought, why would people throw away perfectly good bottled water? So let's really think about this. It would be when you drink most of your water and there's a little bit left. I know lots of people who refuse to drink the last little bit because of all the backwash in it. So they put a lid on it and chuck it. Also think about old bottles of water that you find hidden in the back of your car or in the garage or wherever. And they're like a little dented or collapsed because they're so old. Well, so maybe a little bit of water does get out because how else would it collapse a little bit? But not everybody wants to drink those because you don't know how old they are. <laughs> it can get a little questionable. There's a whole like BPA scare and all that jazz. It is estimated we lose about 22 million gallons a year in the United States to trapped water. So this became a viral thing back in October. There was a woman on TikTok that was going around opening up water bottles and pouring them out into people's yards and all over the place. I do not have TikTok, so I was late to the game on hearing this information. If you've already heard of this, I apologize, I'm late to the game, but if you haven't heard of it, here you go, here's some new information for you. This is our sustainability moment of the episode. What's also mind boggling, it's not just water bottles. Think about when people throw away soda, sports drinks, laundry soap, perfume, cleaning chemicals, even cases of ketchup, dented cans of beans and veggies or soup. All of that has water in it as an ingredient and all of that water is trapped. Why is trapped water such a big deal? Let's really break this down. The earth is about 71% water and only 2.5% of it is fresh water that is drinkable. But we can only access 1% of that 2.5% fresh water. Only 1% of that is accessible. There we go. That's what I'm trying to say. Because a lot of the fresh water is trapped in the form of glaciers and snowfields. It is so critical to preserve fresh water because every drop counts. That is 22 million gallons of water that we will never get back into the Earth's water cycle. All the water that exists in the Earth's atmosphere is all that ever was and all that ever will be. And when we trap water in plastic bottles, we are taking part of our fixed water supply out of the water cycle. That's why trapped water is such a big deal. We only have so much fresh water and this population of the earth just keeps growing. So we need to stop wasting and trapping and discarding the water into landfills. It doesn't make any sense. Oh man, I just said all of that and I forgot to tell you where I got my sources. Here it is now. I got it from a couple of articles. The first one is greenmatters.com and the other one is qwet, Q-W-E-T dot net. And both of those are articles related to trapped water. What is the challenge for this episode? 
If you find any trapped water anywhere, take the lid off and dump it out. You can dump it on the ground if you're outside. You can dump it down a drain. Just we want to get it back into the water cycle. It's very, very precious. And remember, it's not just water bottles. It's any airtight container that has water as an ingredient on the inside. Just take the lid off. That way it can evaporate out. <laughs> just whatever you can do. And if you do have this opportunity within the next couple of weeks, take a picture, share it to the Facebook group. Like let's support one another in this effort and brag about it and share it all over social media and keep the word spreading that this is an important concept and a very simple task that you can do that will make a big difference. What's the Facebook group? Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to tell you. Starting sustainability. <laughs> I know you all know that by now. The next episode will be March 4th, and I'm gonna talk about Shark Week. What, in March? It's not even July. Oh yeah, I'm gonna compete a little bit with the Discovery Channel over here. I don't know why, but for some reason, the last couple of weeks, I've just been inundated with a ton of shark-related information, and I thought, you know what? I want to talk about that. Some of this is really cool stuff. Tune in on March 4th and I will share what I've been learning about sharks. Until then, continue saving the world, Sustainer Nation, and I will see you all again on March 4th. Have a great one. Bye. Also, I'm recording this on Valentine's Day because I have come down to Columbus, Indiana to stay the night. And today is not only Valentine's Day, but it is Channing's birthday. So it's a double celebration, and he has the whole house and all three kids to himself, and I escaped for the night. So thank you, Channing, and I love you.